0: Good morning, good morning, good to have everyone here. Wow, didn't the Lord give us a beautiful weekend? Yesterday was, I thought, was supposed to be like maybe almost rainy and cold, and it just turned out to be a beautiful day. Windy, yes, but I can handle wind. And today looks like another beautiful day. So let's see what we have in the way of announcements. Good to have you here. Welcome. If you're visiting for the first time, please stop by the uh, the desk out there. We have a gift for you. I want to welcome you officially on the first time on uh online if you would uh, scan the QR code or go to our website and let us know that you're out there. That always is an encouragement. We need nursery workers. Uh, well, we still have babies being born. So yesterday, I mean on Thursday, uh, we have a couple that's just visited a couple times. You may not know them, uh, Tyler and Kylie, and uh, she uh, had Emmy Fern, Emmy Fern. Uh, was born on Thursday. So congratulations to them. They're not here today, but uh, so that was exciting. So, but we need nursery workers. That's a great, I love making that announcement. Uh, it's a wonderful announcement and I know Chrissy's like, no, quit announcing it, Pastor. But yeah, we need nursery workers and it's a great thing. So see Chrissy, see Megan, that'll help us out. Baby shower this afternoon uh, following the morning service. There is a taco bar provided and uh, so uh i would tell you where to register but it won't matter at this point so uh, that's going to be this afternoon trunk retreat is this wednesday we are we've sent out mailers and we've advertised on the street we're doing some different things this year it's not just for our own kids so uh, if you're helping out with trunk retreat we have some things that we need to talk to you about so tonight uh following the evening service all the workers and anyone who's volunteering to help out, if you're doing candy, if you've, uh, you know, decorating a trunk out there, whatever, uh, if you could uh, have a quick meeting after the service with Matt right over here, uh, he would really appreciate you doing that. Looking forward to what Trunk or Treat's gonna be like. Now it says 6.45 to 8. The idea is to get the kids, maybe mom and dad, to visit our Awana and see what it's like. Uh, so typically our candy time is 6.45 to 7.705. Uh, what will happen is we have people who have wonderfully volunteered to uh, take over your trunk uh, so that if some people might look at that, and we realize after we'd already sent it out, and might think that it's open house style and they're going to show up at 7.30 to get candy. And uh, so, okay, so anyway, uh, we'll, ha- we'll have it accommodated for us, so we're looking forward to uh, all of those things. And then uh, children's ministry training is coming up on November the 19th. It's going to be right after the morning service, and they're going to have food provided. The idea is if you are already working in a children's ministry or are interested in working in a children's ministry, uh, teenagers on up, uh, that would be Sunday school, children's church, uh, those kinds of children's ministries concepts, then uh, if you can be at that meeting on November the 19th, please, Uh, it's kind of, we're, we're kind of calling it mandatory. We need you to be there unless you have a good excuse for why you can't be there. Uh, so stick around for lunch and then there'll be a, a short training session to uh, help you, help you help the Lord in that ministry the best. And then, uh, ladies Christmas party is coming up on Saturday, December 9th. 9th. Uh, that's 930 to 11. You can sign up in the vestibule out there. Uh, they've already got it. that started up. We are doing the Christmas in Wanamaker. That is the parade uh, that is Saturday, December the 2nd. See Pastor John and Pastor Brett for details. So we do a parade. Uh, we throw out candy and stuff like that. We run a, a uh, hot chocolate and and popcorn and that kind of thing, area, uh, where we give out invitations to the church and gospel tracts, and we talk to people. Uh, in fact, uh, Matt Yagle is not here, doesn't look like, but he is from that cr- uh, last year, we went to that Christmas in Wanamaker, and he came as a result of that. Uh, so, anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, encouraging you to uh, help us out. We'll have signups and things like that coming up soon. But that's on Saturday, December second. Always a great time. And then our missionaries of the week are uh, Josh and Natalie Perkins. And this is a little bit long, but I just want to share this with you. This is uh, pretty incredible from their from their newsletter. It says our village is in a remote. Tall area of, I'm sorry, area of tall, rugged mountains, and has very rapidly changing weather. There is no easy access except by air, and we are a very long drive from any law enforcement by Bush, uh, by Bush Road. Now, that uh, if you remember, he's the one that they said it would take them like five hours to go get groceries. Uh, if they drive it, they can fly it in about 15 minutes. So it's that kind of a thing. It's like, it's just, it's not that far. I want to say it was like 20 miles to go. It was five hours because the Bush Road is just horrible. Uh, but anyway, um, so they, they have no real law enforcement. It says, uh, as Western influence continues to impact our area, um, there has become a disenchanted, disenfranchised generation of young people who do not want to live like their ancestors by farming and hard work but have no opportunity to live the life that they see represented on TV and Facebook. Drug abuse, idleness, and inherited propensity to violence characterize this group of our population. So on a Wednesday evening service, a missionary pilot was flying into our area. I'm gonna kind of round it up here real quick. Flying into our area, and uh, the the weather changed very quickly. He could not find a place to land. Everything had completely fogged in, but he did finally find a place where he could land. Uh, found a hole through the clouds, it says, in the ground, uh, and saw our village's rugby field, and elected to land while he still had enough fuel. This was around 5:30, and the sun was rapidly going down. I was leading the singing for our prayer meeting uh, when one of our members came in, uh, damp and occupied by, or, uh, and accompanied by this weary-looking pilot. So he handed the service over to someone else. Uh, they go and they watch the the helicopter until they can figure out how to keep someone watching the helicopter all night long because it takes that. The following morning, as I took the pilot back to his back to his helicopter to leave, we encountered a large crowd of people surrounding the field. The security men who I had hired had been overrun by a large group of opportunists who declared themselves to be the security force, in quotes. Uh, the community had also been up talking all night, and someone spread the rumor that all aviation companies have an emergency fund set aside just to pay large amounts of to communities in such situations. They also believe this helicopter be operated by a lucrative business. Even though the field is a government-bought uh, community field, uh, several claim to be to be the landowners demanding compensation for the use of their field. You get the idea. It's an interesting story, it's another page long, but you know you you need to re- realize that life on the mission field isn't always like we're accustomed to, right? And this is what uh, they're having to deal with. So just continue to pray for the Perkins as they get the job done there in Papua New Guinea, uh, what a joy it is, and they just enjoy it. I don't know how you can enjoy the bush like they do, but they enjoy it. and. Uh, So it's a a joy to read through their letters. Let's have the men come. We'll take up the morning offering. Brother Randy, we're going to ask you if you would pray, please, for the the, uh, Perkins and for God to watch over them, pray for blessings on the offering and on the service this morning.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning for our Savior, Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much. And Father, we thank you for all of our missionaries and our folks that labor for our Savior. We especially lift up the Perkins and as Pastor John has read the challenges that they have before them, I pray, oh God, that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit, give them wisdom, direction, give them just even a greater love for ministering to those people that need the Savior. And Father, I pray this morning for Pastor John as he preaches that you'll just work in our hearts, change our lives for your glory and our good. And then Father, we thank you for just ministering to our folks that are hurting. We have a lot of folks in our family of faith that are hurting. So we lift them up to you and thank you, Father, for your love for them. And then we thank you now for the privilege of giving. Pray that you'll bless this offering for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you, Miss Nicole, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. Go ahead and stand with me. We're going to sing three verses of All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name.
3: All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him.
4: Of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 5, beginning in verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God, and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered, that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life, by Jesus Christ our Lord. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it. You may be seated.
2: We were just talking in our college group this morning about the fact that Jesus Christ came and died and it's through Jesus Christ that we can have this eternal life and we can have the power to overcome sin in our lives. And so I was love, love that verse. It just works for us that way, right? Through one man sin entered the world, but one man grace did much more abound through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And So we're going to sing about Jesus Christ this morning. So we're going to sing glory to his name. We'll sing three verses of this as well. Down at the cross where my
3: Savior died, Down where for cleansing from sin I cried, There to my heart was the blood of life. Glory. saved from sin Jesus so sweetly abides within
5: there
3: at the cross where he took me in glory All at the same.
2: Christ will sing all four verses this was a hymn of the month a couple years ago and so it might be familiar to some of you but if not you'll learn on the first verse and sing for the next three all right in the beginning in the form of God
3: with just a word you sang creation song but when by sin humanity was barred you took on flesh to save a world gone You are the Christ, Son of the living God, my rebel heart, in mercy you pursued, no other name deserves my praise, you are my life, my all, and I belong to you. On that second. Calvary, the soldiers chose the nails to fasten you upon the cruel tree. The hammer drove into your sinless hands the nails you chose to pay since penalty. You are the Christ,
5: Son of the Living God,
3: my rest. cursed by rising from the dead, parading heaven forth in victory. You freed my soul and crushed the serpent's hand. You are the Christ, Son of the living God, my rebel heart Father day deserves my praise.
5: You are my life,
2: my all,
3: and
5: I belong.
2: Go ahead and stand with me as we sing that last verse. Go ahead and stand as we sing verse four. And then one day redemption is complete. I gaze at last upon
3: your face unveiled. My voice shall last. In spite of me, your saving grace prevails, you are the Christ.
2: We'll sing our hymn of the month, which we've been learning all month long. We'll add the fourth verse today. And so we'll have all four verses down. So we'll sing all four verses of Embrace the Cross.
3: Behold the cross where life
6: Calvary Stands an endless Mercy tree Every broken Weary soul Find your rest And be made whole Stripes of blood That stain its frame Shed to wash Away our shame the scars, pure love released, salvation by the mercy tree. In the sky between two thieves hung the blameless Prince of Peace, bruised and battered, scarred and scorned, sacred head pierced by our His sacrifice, our victory. Our Savior chose the mercy tree. Hope went dark that violent day the whole earth quaked at love's display three days silent in the ground this body born for heaven's crown on that bright and glorious day when heaven tree death has died
7: love has won hallelujah hallelujah Jesus Christ
6: An endless
0: mercy tree. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Devon. Take your Bibles and turn to the third psalm, Psalm chapter 3. It is good to have you all here. It's a little bit uh, warm and stuffy in here to me. Is it warm in here to you guys? Is it just No, yes, that's what I always get. It doesn't matter what it would be if I asked that of this group. I'm going to have every extreme. I'm cold. I'm hot. So we, a long time ago, kind of quit, re- quit uh, reacting to people's pleas on the, uh, on the temperature back there. So uh, it is what it is. So I think it's stuffy in here anyway, but I'm not going to mess with it. I didn't turn on the air conditioner. So uh, those of you who think it's cold, I didn't do it, all right? We've been looking at the gospel throughout uh, this month, and uh, so, you know, it's difficult sometimes um, as we're sharing the gospel or as we're looking for opportunities to share the gospel. Sometimes, you know, you meet people who, for whatever reason, one of two things is true. Either we feel like they've gone too far, and the gospel has really nothing to offer them because they have gotten so cold and indifferent and hard uh, and, and we feel like they've gone too far. Or, in some cases, they feel like they've gone too far and they feel as if God couldn't possibly love them and respond to them because they feel like they've gone too far. But the reality is that neither of those things are true. That's the reality. Uh, in Psalm 3, let's read this passage, then uh, we'll pray and jump into this. Uh, in Psalm 3, and I, I'm, I'm well aware, I know that David is not talking about the gospel here, right? He has been, he's running from Absalom, Absalom's trying to take the kingdom from him, and Absalom is his son. Uh, and it says in verse 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. But I don't want to focus on verse 2, because look what David says, this is the cry of many people. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. uh, Father, help us to see people as you see them. Help us to see your mercy and your grace which goes beyond. And help us to be willing to be the instruments that you use to share the gospel with those people. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Here's the reality. Jonathan just read it to us. Here's what the Bible says. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Isn't that incredible? When we feel like people have gone over the edge and it's too late, here's what the Bible says. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. When someone says to me, Pastor, I'm too far gone Uh, there's no way that God could care about me, there's no way that God could save my soul, I would say where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. This is about the heart of our God. It's not about what we understand, whether it's us looking at other people and thinking, they've just said no one too many times. We are not the arbiter of that, right? We're not the ones that make that decision. That's not us. We, you know, God's grace is greater than all sin, and we've been singing about his grace and his mercy today and the cross of Christ, and we have a wonderful, a wonderful message for a world who is in desperate need, and that is that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So when other people are looking at you and saying, there is no help for him in God, even God can't step in and help this person. I want to talk to you about a God who says, hold on, that is not the case. There's a song, I'm not, you know, I, I, my voice may or may not hold up for it, I don't know. But uh, it, when I first heard this song, you would laugh, I know, when I say it, you're going to say, of course, Pastor. But um, I was out working in my garden, and... Um, this song was one that I just downloaded from uh, West Coast, where I got it, uh, when they had come through. And I just began to weep. It just, um, it's so where people are so often, and, uh, and it really ought to um, help us. Let's just listen to the song, and I'll try to sing it for you, and if I can't get through singing it, I'll just read it to you. What do you say to someone? Who feels like they've lost it all Over the edge With no one there to break their fall And what do you say to someone Who feels so unloved Giving themselves away a little bit every day Just to be good enough And what do you say to a helpless soul Who can't remember their way home And everything is out of their control What do you say to that person? What do you say to someone whose life is on the line and they're unsure what happens after their last breath in time? And what do you say to someone who's built a wall? Let's see. I can't remember how the tune goes. Who built a wall that you can't break through and it's so hard for them to hear the truth. You know what you say? Listen to it. There is no valley, there is no darkness, there is no sorrow greater than the grace of Jesus. There is no moment, there is no distance, there is no heartbreak He can't take you through. So before you think that you're too lost to save, remember there is nothing greater than grace. There's nothing greater than grace. David says, people look at me and saying, there's no hope in God for this person. And I want us today to think about who might come to mind. And I want us to remind ourselves that where sin abounds, God's grace much more abounds. There's no one you know that God is not willing to save. He is not willing, he declares his will, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what he's willing. There is no one you know that has crossed the line. And if you're here this morning, you think, Pastor, I've gone too far for God to even care. I'm going to introduce you today to a God who cares. What he doesn't care about is where you've gone. Do you understand? His grace can still reach that far. What he cares about is your soul. And his desire is to give you eternal life. And that person that you've kind of given up on, we need to remind ourselves God hasn't given up. We have a God who does not quit so easily. And you and I are faced sometimes with... You know, the dip, we, you know, it's difficult to find that hard heart every time we talk to someone about the gospel and you see their eyes just glaze over. Every time you bring up the Bible and you see the face harden. And it's easy for us, after a while, to think, it's too late, it's too late. But we have a God whose grace is greater than all sin, even Hardness of heart. And he doesn't give up so easily. I'm not saying that there's not a point. The Bible says, you know, we, we become stiff-necked and hard-hearted and that is cut off. I'm not saying there's not a point in which God, God will give us. He, God's a, this is an unusual thing about our God. He doesn't force himself upon us. He offers us. But he doesn't force himself upon us. He makes an offer. It's up to us to accept the offer. So he will let us reject. He will let us say no. But he doesn't give up so easily. So that if this is your 17th time or your 117th time of having the Holy Spirit of God come and and work in your heart and nudge you and say, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, that's because we have a God who is not turned away by our sinfulness. He already had to deal with our sinfulness. And he took all of our sinfulness and he put it upon his son. And his desire is to give us the gift of eternal life. And I want us today to remind ourselves, those of us who know Christ, that there's no one we know that's beyond it. And I want to say to anyone who's here that maybe has given up on the idea of having a personal relationship with the God of heaven... I want you to hear God's great invitations. And we're going to go over those in just a moment. But let me remind you about, hear those people. Those people who um, feel like they've lost it all. Those people who are over the edge. Those people who feel unloved. Those people who are giving themselves away just a little bit every day. Those people who are hopeless, who feel helpless, out of control, who feel that their life is on the line, feel that they're breathing their last breath, have built a wall that no one here can break through. You know what, by the way, God says about that? You want to talk about a hard heart? What does the Bible say that the word of God is to a hard heart? may know? It's a hammer. You know what it does? It breaks in pieces. The hard heart. That's what God's word does. Christian, don't give up on that person. Don't give up on that. So, here's the things that we tend to put into that. That person who's gotten to that point, you know, they are so, their, their minds are so burned up on alcohol and drugs that we've convinced ourselves that they can't, you know, the gospel can't penetrate it. That person? That person who has given themselves away to alcohol and drugs just a little bit every day. And it's gotten so wrapped up in that that you and I, if we're not careful, walk away from them thinking, by the way, read your Christian history. Our Christianity is filled with stories of people who are wrapped up in drugs and alcohols who, who heard the gospel and became preachers, by the way, of the gospel. Who God used in incredible ways. That person is the only the only way that they will never get saved is if no one goes and tells them. Do you understand? Because God hasn't given up on them. Where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. Maybe you know someone who's, who's surrendered their lives to immorality. I mean, you know, it's just one immoral decision after another immoral decision, and we begin to look at them. This way. By the way, can I, can I just point you to a Bible character named Mary Magdalene, named Rahab? Can I remind you of their moral position and how the grace of God stepped in to make a difference? Can I remind you that you know, the Bible is full of people? Whose lives have been caught up in immorality, and God stepped in and changed their lives. And the only thing is that you and I have a tendency, if we're not careful, Christian, to view them differently, as if the grace of God would have no effect. But the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's available to all. We know people who are so, so angry and they've let their anger take over and they've hurt people and they're hurting themselves. And there's just this, ang- in fact, there's so much anger that we're almost afraid to approach them. That kind of person. Kind of reminds you of somebody in uh, the book of Mark from Gadara. Remember him? Who would cut himself and beat other people up. And they tried to tie him up. And he was. And, and they, but the grace of God stepped in and changed him. So the Bible literally declares after he met Jesus that they, the people from the city came out to see what had happened. And they saw this man who was, was naked and beating himself and, and cutting himself and hurting other people. They saw him sitting, clothed and in his right mind. That's what the Bible says. Why are we so quick to give up on people that God has not given up on? Why are we so quick to be turned away from people because somehow we think that we can see more than God can and that they're beyond the grace of God? That's not what you see in the Scripture. That's not what you see in the Scripture. In fact, you know, in many of these circumstances, you know, if we compare them to the, to the spiritual battles that were described in the New Testament of demon possession, these are nothing. And yet those people came to Christ. How is it that someone could be possessed of a demon and the gospel is able to pierce through that darkness, but we think that the darkness of alcohol, drugs, and immorality is going to be too dark for the gospel to make a difference. How does that work? Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. It's not an excuse to sin, by the way. Should we then sin that grace should more abound, the Bible, uh, Paul asked. And the answer is, God forbid. No. Through his grace, we're able to find victory. We don't, we don't sin so that grace abounds but when we have sinned grace abounds that's the reality we know some people you know some people are in prison because they they should be in prison i mean they've broken the law and they should be in prison and we're tempted to look at them and think they've gone too far and yet the gospel has pierced many a prison and we've seen many people come to Christ in prison. In fact, um, I hate when I do that, so I'm not even going to try. I can't remember his name, so I'm not going to try to bring it up. You know somebody who's just unstable, hot and cold, up and down, you just can't figure out where they are, and, and uh, I'm telling you, these are people that we have a tendency to give up on. These are people who, whether we know it or not, have already given up on themselves. They've heard it before. They've listened to people like David. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help in God for this person. Even God can't help this person. And yet, i say, in Psalm 3, you know what it says? In verse, verse 3, it says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. In Psalm 40 or 34, David says this. This poor man cried, the Lord heard him and saved him out of what? All of his troubles. All of his troubles. This is what God does. He delights. You know, God isn't interested in, in uh, us saving ourselves. Do you understand? He delights in, in showing us his power. And I'm afraid that sometimes people are not getting saved because we have decided. They're not going to respond anyway, so why bother? It's They're already too hard. They're already too cold. They're already too far gone. Many are saying of their soul, there's no help for them in God. But David found help in the Lord, and God wants to help this person. God wants to help you and I. In Psalm 40, he says this, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and establish my goings, and put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, and many shall see it in fear and shall trust the Lord. This is what God does. A horrible pit, a, a, a miry pit. This is what God's brought us out of. I mean, if we were to go around and people would just be some completely transparent, you might be shocked <laughs> how many people sitting in this room come from the, the backgrounds that we've been describing of drugs and alcohol and immorality and instability, you might be shocked. How many people the grace of God has already touched? Why is it that we're so quick to give up on people? And if you're here this morning you've never trusted Christ your Savior, and you've been thinking to yourself, there's no way God could love me. Can I tell you something? God doesn't love us because we're good people. He loves us because he's God. Here's what the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, what's that next word? Whosoever. So tell me, what does that mean? What does whosoever mean? Anybody. Everybody. Whosoever. This is what it means. That whosoever, believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the God that we're dealing with. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't walked away from you. He does not believe that your sin is undefeatable. Do you understand that? He knows that the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than your sin. And he gave his son to bleed and die on the cross for you and I. And through his blood, we can have that sin debt taken care of. And when everybody else is looking at us and saying, there's no help for this this person, even in God, even God can't help them. There's a God saying, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Let me show you what I can do. The end result of Psalm 3 is, is this. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me. Round about. David starts out, Lord, there's many people that are around me, against me. I'm scared half out of my wits. No one thinks that there's any help for me. I cried unto the Lord. God heard. And now David has a peace that passes understanding. It seemed, and it's not a salvation experience for David, but it's the same story of what God does when God steps in. And God's desire is to step into your life. Right now. Here's, here's what Jesus said in John chapter 4. By the way, in John chapter 4, he was talking to a woman who was a Samaritan who the Jewish people did despised because she was Samaritan. And here's what Jesus said to her. Whosoever believeth in him, I'm sorry, um, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into life everlasting. And that woman at the well trusted Jesus Christ. And she went and told all the people in the city and they all came out to hear Jesus for themselves. Remember that story? This is the God that I want to talk to you about. This God, here's what the Bible says about him. It says that he sent his son, Jesus, to be the propitiation, the payment for, the substitute for our sin debt. might remember what the rest of the verse says? He is the propitiation for our sins, but not for... Our sins only, but for the sins also of the alcoholic and the drug addict, and the person who's in prison because they deserve to be there. And the person who has said no to God so many times that their heart is hard, their heart their heart is hard. But the gospel, like the great hammer of God, can break a stony heart. And pierce a darkness that is there. And that God is saying to you here this morning, I wanna save you. If you're here and you're not sure, certain about your salvation, there's a God who's saying to you, if you drink of the water I'm given, you'll never thirst again. There's a God who's saying to you, I want to give you the gift of eternal life. There's a God who's saying to you, where sin abounds, my grace does much more abound. There's a God who's saying to you, For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. And Christian, for those who have given up on somebody, let's back the card up a bit here. If anybody was going to be given up on, it's me and you. Think about this. You know, we all should come to the same conclusion of the apostle Paul. He said, God sent his son into this world to be the Savior of the world, how was it he says it? To save sinners, of whom also I am chief. The chiefest of sinners has already been saved. The Apostle Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. By the way, I think the message is really that that, that should be the way we look at ourselves. If God could save me, then of course God could save my, my brother who's already you know, said no so many times that I've given up. If God could save me, then God could save that alcoholic uncle. If God could save me, then God could save that drug addict cousin. If God could save me, then God could save that, you know, that niece I've got that's on her 17th marriage and and keeps living a life of immorality. If God could save me, then who could God not save? Because he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Heads bad, eyes closed, please. What do you say to someone who feels like they've lost it all? You know what you say? There's nothing greater than the grace of Jesus. Nothing greater than the grace of Jesus. So here's my question to you. Have you experienced the grace of Jesus Christ? If you died today, are you certain that you would go to heaven, not because you're a good person, not because you come to church, because a church can't save you, but because you have placed your faith, your confidence, your trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross as the payment for your sin, and you've experienced the grace of God. Say, Pastor, I know I'm going to heaven. I know that I've trusted Christ as my Savior, and if I died today, I would be in heaven. As testimony to that, would you slip your hand up so I can rejoice with you? Thank you. May I put your hands down? Let me ask you, because I couldn't see every hand. Maybe there's someone here say, Pastor, the truth is, I look at my life and I'm thinking, how could God want me? How could God love me? How could God save me? And I'm saying to you, on the authority of the Word of God, where sin did abound, grace did much more about. And we have a God who's willing to save you even when you and I can't understand it, which, of course, none of us can, right? We can't understand that. Maybe say, Pastor John, the truth is I'm not certain that if I die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, I'm concerned about my soul. Pastor, I, I've, I look at my life and I've, I've just... I'm just about giving up on the idea. Can I tell you that God wants to save you today? Right now, right where you're sitting in the quietness of this moment, you can put your faith, your confidence, your trust in what God promised, and that is that if we believe on Jesus, He will save us. If we trust Him, He will forgive us of our sins and save us. If we will drink of this water, we will never thirst again. He makes these promises to us. And right now, right where you're sitting, you can put your faith, your confidence, your trust in the promises of this God to save your soul. And the God who cannot lie will keep his promise. He will. He will keep his promise. So right now, right where you're sitting, you say, Pastor John, as best I know how, I've done that right now this morning. I've asked Jesus Christ to forgive me my sins, and I'm trusting him to save me. I did that this morning, Pastor. Would you look up at me for just a moment? No one else looking around, just you, me, and the Lord. I just want to talk to you for just a moment. Anybody, make sure I see you. Then, Christian, let me ask you this. Who have you given up on? We have a, we have a God who breaks stony hearts. We have a God who pierces the utter darkness. We have a God whose grace expands to cover greater sin. We have a God who is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Christian, who have we given up on? The gospel, do we believe, is the power of God unto salvation. Say, hey, Pastor, I have to be honest. I've given up on some, somebody. There's somebody that God's bringing to my mind right now, Pastor. That I just, I have forgot, I've, I've given up believing that God would actually do something. But Pastor, I don't want to continue on that way. I want to go back to sharing the gospel with them in hopes that their hardened heart would be broken that the darkness of their heart would be pierced with the light of the gospel pastor would you pray for me that I will no longer give up on this person but take the gospel to them pastor that's where I've been would you slip your hand up let me see that so I can pray with you thank you I appreciate that And yeah, thank you two three thank you father these four that raise their hand God I pray that whoever it is that you brought to mind God, they'll be encouraged to step back out with the glorious news of the gospel. Remind us of what it took to save us and of how desperately you're in love with the souls of men. And Father, give us the opportunity to share the gospel yet again. If there's anyone here that does not know your son, may today they not be able to rest until they've gotten this settled. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. The altar is open to you. You step out. Let the Lord have his way. Would you as we sing together? We have the evening service, five o'clock is choir, is it five, five o'clock? It's choir practice. Uh, and then after the service is the meeting with Matt regard, regarding the, um, the um, trunk retreat, all right? So make sure if you're signed up for that or if you're an Awana worker, you are here tonight uh, to help out with that. It is great uh, to have Roger and Susan Gross with us. This is uh, Abby's mom and dad. And uh, Brother Roger, we've been praying for him for months now. As it looked like for a while the Lord was about to take him home. And they finally figured out his thyroid was messed up, and so they're getting it back on target. And Wow, that was a rough one. It's good to have you. Welcome, and we're so thrilled to see what the Lord's doing. I'm good to have all of you. I'm not suggesting that anyone's more important than the other, but I'm just telling you. I just put you on mute. Sorry about that. See Brother Roger out and about. All right, anything else we're supposed to announce? The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. God bless you. You are dismissed.